0: Thank you, Lord. Hey, why don't we just lift our hands, close our eyes this morning. Why do I ask you to lift your hands? Because it puts us in a position to receive. Holy Spirit, I just pray that as we come around this time, God, that you'd speak to us through Pastor Chris. God, I pray that we'd open our hearts, we'd switch off our minds and allow the words spoken, the atmosphere of this room to shift our heart today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I absolutely love having Pastor Eric and Chris come and just hang with us. We missed them last year. just didn't work out timing-wise and the way of their lives and Bruce and Julie's trip worked, it didn't line up for them to come and hang, so we didn't get a little dose of the Harrisons last year, but you know, they just, they love coming here, but we love having them come and just invest into us as a church, and they've hung out with some of our leaders and spoke into our um, worship team, music team, on Wednesday night and prophesied over them and just invested into them, which was just phenomenal, And uh, they've got a heart for people like none other. And uh, it's super exciting to have Pastor Chris coming to share with us today. She's got a real mum's heart and uh, got a mum's heart word for us today from what I hear. And so why don't you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Christine as she comes. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, John. Um, Take a seat, guys. I feel so honoured today to bring the word. And um, we love, as John said, Pastor John said, we love coming here. We love Bruce and Julie, your pastors, and um, love their kids and their people. And I just want to honour Julie, Pastor Julie today, because I... I, I'm absolutely honoured to stand in her big shoes this morning because I know she'd probably be preaching if she were here, and uh, and yeah, I just she's a great girl, a great friend, pastor, and mum, and um, I just I know you know the mother of the house carries a burden for you, all of you. And we've, known, we've been coming here and, and we've been hanging out with Jules and Bruce for, um, oh, 12-plus t- 12, 12 years. And uh, we have such a great friendship. And we know that, you know, the thing that you carry, that every mother of the house carries, you know, of, for their people. And uh, we honour you, Pastor Julie Williams, <laughs> today. I don't know if she'll hear that, but <laughs> she won't. But um, yeah, and, oh, it's great to be here. Thanks. What a team. Oh, let's give them a hand. Love, love the music in this house. Amen. Thanks, guys. That's great. Beautiful. What a, what a morning. Well, um, happy Mother's Day to all the mums. You've heard it. I'll say it again, I think you're all very brave and beautiful and we salute and celebrate you today. Every one of you, whether you're a visitor or you come every week, you've been here for years or five minutes, we celebrate you, salute you and uh, we pray that you'll be, continue to be blessed. Who enjoyed that breakfast? How amazing and the gift, thank you so much, that's gorgeous the uh, frame and uh, oh, I just, um, oh, first of all, I'm a mum of four kids and we had um, our daughter, our eldest is 47 years this May, this month old and uh, and then 40, 44 this year, 42 this year and 40. S- sort of, yeah. We did quite well and we had our daughter, Karma, um, before we became Christians and before we were married. So when we were um, were hitchhiking around New Zealand, a couple of hippies with an eight-month-old daughter and um, a backpack uh, many, many years ago, February 73, and uh, we ended up becoming Christians. when our daughter was eight months old, and there's a photo. I think that first one. Um, this is our. Fa- this was Christmas Day, so um, that's our kids, and um, those two right there are um, It's our granddaughter. Oh, you can't really. S- but on that side, granddaughter and <coughs> grandson-in-law. So we were really blessed, and it doesn't matter how you not. Sub- you know God doesn't mind how we start in life in marriage and motherhood that it's how we do the journey and for us the difference of that is his grace we He found us and um, we found him and I just thank God for that and also and there's a picture of our um, some of our grandchildren the next one yeah that's on this who knows that it's so hard to get a good family shot with everyone smiling. So, so that's all the grandkids minus um, oh, two older ones that weren't there that day. And um, so that's, and the dog. <laughs> but, and the next one is, this is our great-granddaughter, our third great-granddaughter that was born last Wednesday. So I thought I'd show you that. Isn't she beautiful? So we haven't met her yet and we're really excited to go home. Thanks so much. And um, I said to John, do you think it's a little bit indulgent showing family pics? And he said, yeah, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a couple more for later. But um, I just want to say, mums, to you today that... um, Wherever you are on your journey, you know, whether you're like me, and I don't think there are many that you're this old in, but, um, in here today, but um, God is with you every step of the way. And um, from, you know, if you have a newly born babe like Emma, how's beautiful Blake, or you have a 50-year-old child, um, God is with you. And I just, uh, every step of the way and wisdom in abundance is available for each child you bear, we bear and raise and, and it's in his strength. Who knows that, mums, that there are days where you ran out of strength. It's all good because you're not superwoman. I'd like to tell you this today, that you're made of clay, but Jesus can give you strength every day. Amen? And um, you know those toddler, when the kids are babies? Do you know, I look at my kids now in their 40s and I think, what happened? Because it's like that. It happened like that. And I just read this quote the other day. I've got a couple of quotes and it said, look out for the ordinary moments. We risk missing out when we get too busy chasing down the extraordinary so true, isn't it? And I know it's a bit of an ideal. Some days are bad. Some days are good. Some days are ugly. But, you know, there are those. If we can remind ourselves at times, whoever we are, however old we are, just to look out for those ordinary moments because that's where we find joy. And uh, and there's this other one that I read. uh, I found this, um, inherited this book of my dad's recently and I was going through it and I just uh, a couple of months ago and it says it's by Horace Mann it's a quote a poem it says lost yesterday somewhere between sunrise and sunset two golden hours both set with 60 out diamond minutes no reward is offered for they are gone forever and just that enjoying the moment mums enjoy Whatever stage you're in, because you'll look and then it's, it's gone. You know, I look at those years, I, they seem so clear, those memories of having toddlers around the house and sleepless nights. And you, Actually, you don't even think of sleepless nights, do we, babe, anymore? Just those challenges of, of life, sick kids, dirty nappies, it's all, it all goes so quickly. And you just um, forget about that and you <laughs> treasure. And I just want to say to you this morning, mum's here, he adores you and your offspring. He understands every, understands every sense of failure we feel. Our regrets, comparisons, disappointments. And do you know, I, speaking of failure, um, we've been past, we were past, well, we're sort of still pastors, but we handed over our church um, three and a bit years ago. And, but when my kids were teen, hit teenagers, well, probably 16, 17, um, when we were pastoring, obviously, that they, the four of them decided at different times when they got to that age um, that they were going to uh, stop coming to church. And for me, that was um, because of my brokenness that was coming to the surface through that. That um, I ended up feeling just a complete failure as a mother, and I blamed myself. And I worked through this, and I want to say that, and that I just one day, um, Pastor Mark and Bernie came to to our church and. It was when all our kids were out of church. They weren't around. And, uh, and, and I remember Bernie saying, where are your kids? And I remember this pain inside, you know, and this shame. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, well, they're not in church at the moment. I want to say that our C3 church is the best movement because we had, when we went through those years, our kids are with God now and they came back one by one, and had tremendous, a beautiful you know, encounter with God, each one of them. And, um, but just if you know someone that, whose kids are out, just pray for them. Pray for the kids. Pray for the parents. Because, you know, there is a grief that comes with that. And, um, but we had so much support, Phil and Chris, Pastor Phil and Chris, and our friends, never condemning. You know, just always, we're with you. And, and they rejoiced with us as they returned one by one and each had an encounter with God. And I want to say, parents, if there are, there's anyone here and you're feeling that grief or concern because your kids, um, you know, decided to go out there and and find their way, um, put that the disappointment and the energy of that grief or... Into praying for them and just love them. Just love them as if they're here. Love them as if they're walking with God and, and serving Him. Just adore them because they're beautiful and God loves them. And I love what Joyce Meyer says. She believes it's normal and healthy. I wish I'd heard this years ago for a young person to question what they believe. She said, It's okay. And I'm saying that to you today, if you're a parent in that situation, it's all good. God has them and he adores them. And uh, today we honour our mums and and isn't it incredible that the first commandment relating to people or one another was honour your mum and dad. And I'll just read this out just as a reminder to honour our mums, no matter who they are, no matter what. Um, It says... I'll just read one scripture out, actually. Oh, you've got it there. Okay, I'll read that. Um, Regard. Yep, that's the Amplified. Treat with honour due obedience and courtesy your father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God gives you. How amazing is that? There's a link between honouring. And then in the Amplified in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, honour, esteem and value as precious your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that all may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And that connection between honour and a good long life. And I realise there are, you know, some situations where there is honour and and but that's the word of God that I'm speaking today because I want to speak about honour. And um, I just want to... ...speak about... ...do you know, I didn't even plan to speak about my mum today... ...but I was preparing the other day... ...and I really felt that maybe this will help one person. And do you know... um, ...I was... ...Eric and I went for a walk yesterday morning... ...and I was saying... ...we were just chatting about how God... right, ...right now in this place... ...he... ...I look and I see a crowd of people... But God looks and he sees every individual as if there was just one person here. He sees you. So whoever you are, God's with you today. And he loves you and adores you just as if it was just you in the room. He's looking at you. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And when he looks at the world, he doesn't see a mass billions of people. He sees the ones. If, do you get me? Yeah. I think that's beautiful today. So I, I just want to speak about my mum. I've just got my courageous mum. She was born in 1928 and her twin died at birth, okay, And at seven years old her mum passed away due to a fire. She was lighting a a gas heater and she caught fire and she ran out, she was home alone, ran next door to the neighbours and they were elderly people and they opened the door and they were in shock so they closed the door and she burned to death. and my mum had has a memory of being seven years old and and um, just seeing her in the hospital with the um, cover, you know, had over her body. And um, so that was two things that were against her in life. And uh, her dad remarried not long after to the woman with whom he'd been having an affair whilst his wife was still alive. And so she carried not only the grief of losing a child, because apparently, um, you know, losing a, a, a twin at birth, because apparently there is a psychological effect on a twin when one doesn't make it. You know, it was full term, but the one died. So she had that, her mum dying at seven, dad remarrying, and she he married... A woman who was very cruel. She was your classic stepmother, who was uh, verbally abusive and physically, etc. And the happiest years in her life were when she was was when she, she was um, evacuated onto a farm in this is in the UK. I was born in England. Mum was mum and dad were English, and uh, they she lived in Portsmouth as a child. And with the war, it was a coastal town where there was a lot of bombing and um, et cetera. And so they, in England, any English old people here? Not not old, but my age with a mother that's older. Um, Didn't mean to say that. Uh, But um, so they had evacuation plan for kids. And uh, during, during World War II for protection, so the kids were safe onto farms and, um, and different places where, you know, there was a lot less danger. And Mum always said for years, I have a memory of her saying, they were the happiest years of my life. She said that all the other kids were grieving and missing their mums and dads, but she was just... She has so many good memories of being... You know uh, uh, that being evacuated at that time, and so anyway, further along, in about 1949, my uh, she met my dad, and they fell pregnant with me. I'm not sure of the time limit there, but um, and so they were married, and uh, there's a that first photo, that's their wedding, and she she's not wearing white, right? And I didn't know this for. Just, just before a few, a couple of years before she passed away, she said, I said, why didn't you wear a wedding dress? And she said, my stepmother wouldn't let me because I was pregnant. So mum actually, she was six months pregnant there. And the um, flowers are over the top in the way there. But, um, but she carried that shame right throughout her life of... You know, uh, until she met Christ. But, and then the se- and then, so they had me, I was born in 1950, and there's a photo, I think, of Mum and I. <laughs> MIDI skirts were in in the 50s. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's Mum and I. Thanks so much. and And so, but in 19, we came to Australia in 1959. And uh, so, in about 64, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I can't remember what time I started, but I'll keep going. Um, and so, my parents split up, and it was quite traumatic in 19, early 1964. And um, because of her brokenness, in retrospect, I, I look at it and, you know, mum, just life pressure. Mum had an affair and um, I blamed mum for that breakup. I always thought, oh, dad's almost perfect, which I realised is, was not true. But when you're 14, you, you know, you don't realise that you carry stuff when you're older. And um, so I was carrying this unforgiveness and and when I became a Christian, I still had a relationship with Mum. We'd still have, but I had this inside me, and um, it wasn't till later on, and I was when I was faced with my own humanity, and, and God started to show me stuff that I was carrying this unforgiveness towards my Mum and blaming her for the breakup through choices that she'd made, and. Um, For a number of years, our relationship was strained because mum suffered from uh, depression undiagnosed in retrospect. I look back and I think she had depression most of her life and uh, due to the fact that she lost that twin sister at birth, unresolved grief, shame and guilt. And in that age, that generation, they didn't most didn't even consider going to a counsellor or, um, you know, <clears throat> getting well because they figured that that's just me, that's how I am. And um, anyway, around 2008, we started to, started to see a change in mum and, which turned out to be the onset of dementia. But with that came a softening of her heart And we'd been good friends and so in those years before she passed away in 2012, um, it was like God healed our relationship because I cared for her quite a bit and uh, before she, I couldn't sort of care for her any longer before she went into the aged care facility but, and I still kept that relationship with her. But God is so beautiful, because during those years, when we first became Christians, she did too. She was on her own. She ended up, you know, being um, alone. <clears throat> and um but during those years, she came to Christ, but and then she'd sort of slip away and and I think that she was so broken that it was really hard for her to. Um, have a revelation that Jesus adored her and loved her and forgave her. This is I'm thinking this now as I'm older, and um, but one day I was in her little flat because she downsized into a small apartment, and I was looking at Mum and it, I was caring for her, and I looked at her and I thought to myself, "You have suffered." you've been depressed a lot of the life. And she had a great sense of humour. She, she used to have times of joy, but they'd be, and then overcome with this depression and sadness. But um, And I thought, you've suffered most of your life. I was just thinking it, I didn't say it. And God spoke to me so clearly and said, yes, but I have her for eternity. And because on Mother's Day, about 2008, she said, Chris, and it was just the onset of dementia, so um, she said, Chris, I want to come back to church. And so that's she started coming every Sunday and it was like, Chris, I want to come to Jesus, you know, again. And, and uh, she just, it was a, a beautiful experience. She'd come to church, sometimes she'd fall asleep, sit on the front row and... Um, but just that thing where God, yes, but I have her for eternity. And whoever, whatever your situation today, if it seems tough and it seems like your mom or your, whoever you're believing God for, God, God's got them. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And, and four year, five years ago, my dad, who's 91, just turned 91, he came to the Lord um, after all those years of us praying for him and being a sceptic and, you know, he finally came to the Lord. So, anyway, I just want to say that I had to forgive and I, I really, um, it, I felt to just touch on this a little bit today. Oh, there's one more photo of mum. I'll just, that's her. That was her just before she passed away and, Yeah. The best mum in the world. I thought I'd show that. Thanks so much. And um, so, but working through this forgiveness and maybe there's one person here and you're struggling at the moment. And just, I was reading this and I thought, and I looked at the definition for forgiveness and um, and it said, one of the definitions was to cease to feel resentment against. And I, I started to think, oh, Recently, just, you know, sometimes it's good to look, is there anyone we're resentful, you know, towards? And because in the Word of God it says, for if you forgive, this is Jesus speaking, people, their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, leaving them and letting them go and giving up resentment, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespass, their reckless and willful, willful sins, leaving them and letting them go and giving up resentment, neither will your father forgive you, your trespasses. That's out of the Amplified and I thought, wow, that is that link. And and sometimes we have stuff in our hearts, even with our parents that might have even passed away and there is freedom with forgiveness. And... I, and um, In Psalm 32, verse 1, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven or sin is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. And theres I just want to say, if there's anyone that you feel that you still have that unforgiveness towards, um, confess it, speak to God about it, and work through it, because... It's worth it. And um, forgive, forgiveness brings a shift in our personal world. Forgiveness brings healing. Forgiveness breaks chains around that imprison us. Forgiveness sets us free. Forgiveness yeah. brings deliverance. Yeah. You know, there's something about it that will release us. And sometimes it's not easy, but even having that desire... God gives us that strength and then it, sometimes it will take a while and sometimes it takes doing things as if we have forgiven, taking an action that says, I forgive this person. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So I just I want to talk a little bit about God's large mother heart through the church. And God, you know, there is a mother heart, side of God amen and I love this scripture in Psalm 27 10 and it says even if my father and mother abandon me the Lord will hold me close isn't that beautiful and or in the amplified it says adopt me the Lord will adopt me as his child isn't that wonderful so who if our even when our parents seem distant or abandon us even if it's just emotionally, or you know, God will wrap His arm around us and adopt us as His child. And then in uh, Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven, it says, "O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem!" This is Jesus watching over Jerusalem. But I feel that God is—you could put—we could put our names there. In place of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often, and this part here, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. And God is just revealing himself there, that mother heart of God and how much he loves us. Amen? And just um, in conclusion, I... This is what I was going to speak on, actually, but I just thought really to share that about my mum and because maybe there's one person here that um, might re- relate to that. But there are two girls, right, in the Bible, Elizabeth and Mary. And who doesn't know the story of Elizabeth and Mary? Don't worry. Don't put your hand up. But just... Um, You know, Elizabeth was a mum of John the Baptist if if you haven't read that in the gospels of of um, and um, she was she didn't have a child. she was older and she had no child. and then Mary, the angel came, the mother of Jesus, the angel came to her and said, "Mary, you're going to have a child so. And I look at that and I think with Elizabeth, it was too late, so to speak, in as we look at it, and with Mary, it was far too early. But nothing is impossible with God. And I I just want to say to you that God sees you. God is never indifferent to your plight, He's always involved. In whatever our situation. Amen? He's never indifferent towards us. Maybe you need to hear that today. And the greatest shift in history was brought... and We're talking about this year is shift, isn't it, as a church. And that greatest shift in history was the first two mums that were instrumental in ushering in a new age in the most extraordinary of circumstances. And I won't read it all, but I just love this. Um, uh, Elizabeth's husband was a priest, and it was his turn to go and offer incense in the temple. And, the, and he's standing there getting ready, and all of a sudden there's an angel and he spoke to him, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. And he freaked. He was afraid. And he said, don't be afraid. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to have a child. Who loves that story? It's just such a magnificent story. And we we know that he he said, how will I know this? You know, how how can I believe this? And he said, I am... Um, Gabriel, and I am sent from heaven. And so it turns out that a month after, Elizabeth conceives, about a month later, and uh, I'll just take that up in, in um, Luke 1, 24 and 25, and it says, Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for the next five months. She said with joy, See how kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness and I just think that is such a beautiful picture and I believe that even here today you might have a sense of barrenness inside it might not be a, a physical barrenness but a, where something's not happening and you feel it's too late for you you know or even you might be trying to have a child And uh, God is saying, it's never too late. You know, God's, he doesn't have a too late. Amen? Amen. But, and I just love it when she conceives and goes into seclusion. And it's like God sometimes, sometimes God hides us and heals us and I think of her pain we see the joyful part of Elizabeth we don't actually see the grief and month after month the disappointment year after year and but I believe in those few months before Mary came to visit her that God was speaking to her and healing her heart and the beautiful thing is that God close the mouth of her husband (laughs) because remember he said because God uh, caused him to become dumb mute because he'd said too much (laughs) in his life he spoke he talked too much (laughs) no what he did was he didn't believe and he and it was like God had to close his mouth so that that wouldn't be spoken over her isn't that beautiful But just that God closed his mouth and opened her mouth because she prophesied over Mary when she walked in, which I'll just um, get to in a minute. But I I just want to say to you today that if you're feeling that God's too late, he has a perfect time for you. Whatever your desire, whatever your dream, God has that perfect time. And he's saying to you today, it's not too late. And just um, when the angel came to Mary, and I love this verse. in um, And I'm just reading out of the, the complete Jewish Bible. And it says, um, when he spoke to her, and most of us would know the story that you're going to have a baby you're going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and he says, also, you have a relative, Elizabeth, who is an old woman, and everyone says she is barren, but she has conceived a son and is six months pregnant. For God, nothing is impossible. And I just want to say to you today that God wants to say to you, Nothing is impossible. She was actually called barren in one of the other versions. I think it's the um, the message, or and in some they say everyone said she was barren. But ev- but all things are possible with God. And do you know we can call ourselves something? We can call ourselves unintelligent. Or we can call ourselves crazy, which I call myself sometimes. Um, my, so does my husband. He calls me crazy. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But, you know, we can call, people can call ourselves something. Sometimes we can have a, a diagnosis that calls ourselves unwell. You know, you, but God says... They were words I don't even think Elizabeth was barren. He was just holding back for that perfect time that had been prophesied right the last 5,000 years or something before Christ the Saviour came. And it was like there was that magnificent moment of time where that day, it was like any other day, Zachariah, it was, he was blessed by going in there because they only you know went into the once in a lifetime so that was once in a lifetime opportunity for him and then the angel came how beautiful is the hand of god and i want to say to you don't don't get up give up and whatever god or people are calling you or doctors are calling forth god has a different plan and i i just love that that They called her barren, but she actually wasn't. Are you with me, church? What are you being called? What are you calling yourself? Stop it now. Because God calls you beautiful. God calls you beloved, dearly loved. Just as the musicians come, or or, um, I just want to say that for Mary, it was too, far too early to have a child. She wasn't even married, for goodness sake. But there wasn't a too early for God, and there isn't a too early with God when our lives are in his hands. Amen? And you might be thinking, oh, this is too early for me. I'm not just talking about um, having a child. It might be like birthing a a location or something you know and you might feel a bit intimidated by it and and but God has a perfect time. Holy Spirit we thank you here that you're here. There's a God appointed time when God and humanity collide nothing is impossible. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, God's here today. And there might be just one person here today and you've never received Christ into your life like Eric and I did and... and so many others here today ask Jesus in. It takes a moment. You might have been invited here and, um, and God is longing for you to ask him into your heart. Or maybe that you've sort of slipped away from him in your heart and you think, oh, it's time to, to, make, it's time to come back. I want to tell you, it's not too early to come to him. And it's not too late. So let's, let's close our eyes, church. I'd love you just to... If, if, if you want to receive Christ, you've never received him... You've never said, Lord, forgive me. I'd love you to come into my life and my heart and walk with you and find forgiveness today. Is there anyone here? Just lift your hand while every head is bowed and every eye is closed today. Or if you want to come back to Him, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, and if you need prayer today, we'd love after we close the service after Pastor John, I'm going to hand back to him now, and um, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you, for anything, maybe it's something that that sort of leapt inside you when um, we were speaking, just uh, we'd love to pray for you today. God bless you, church. Thanks.